scare you? I scared myself. Hello, everybody. What a nice, nice, hot, disgusting day. A gay that... A gay... <laughs> I've been making a lot of gay comments today. I've got gay on the mind. Uh, a day that it, you, uh, requires gills because it's so humid. Everybody in the chat, in the Discord chat's going to love that one. <laughs> I hope everyone's having a good gay today. And uh, we are moving into a really wonderful topic tonight. I really, I can't wait to do it because we've had such great outpouring of people in the thread on Reddit, on our official forum right now, about non-human rescue stories. We're going to get around to that, but first we're going to do a couple of headlines, a couple of pre-show topics, and then we're going, I'm going to introduce you very briefly to a new affiliate of the show. I told you that we brought on a gold and silver sponsor. I want you to actually meet um, Tony from Wise Wolf Silver and Gold Exchange, gold and silver exchanges today. So we'll be on the phone with about 10 minutes in the opening with him. Um, and then we're gonna go right into it and we'll spend like a, maybe an hour and a half on animal stories and open lines and having a good time. It should be really, really nice. Next week, we have a good uh, a lineup of shows going. Actually, we have a great lineup for the rest of the week, tonight and tomorrow. We have great guests tomorrow. I know Matt will be in studio as well. So we're just going to be kicking around a lot of fun things. And then on Monday and Tuesday, we do our thing. And actually, next Thursday, I told you Rob was not going to be in either. Uh, well, uh, let your heart not be troubled. We have Amazing Polly, who said she's going to stop by and hang out. So we're just going to shoot the shit. Going to banter, go down rabbit holes. I don't even know if there's going to be a set topic. I'm just going to bring her on and start... Start throwing things at her, and we'll have a good time. It's been many months since since uh, Polly has been on the show, but she is a fan favorite, and I can't wait to speak with her. So we uh, we have a lot a lot of good stuff to look forward to, and I want to thank you all for being here tonight. So let's just jump right into the grab bag, because we have more than enough to do. First things first, possibly hyperdimensional news that we only grazed last night. That's a black screen. Florida man, it had to be a Florida man, drives to Space Force, a base, a Space Force base, to warn the government about U.S. aliens fighting with Chinese dragons. He's been arrested for attempting to break into the Patrick Space Force base using a uh, a stolen truck to warn the U.S. government of a war between aliens and Chinese dragons. Corey Johnson, 29, of Ocala, Florida, was arrested on Friday. His arrest affidavit noted that he stole a 2013 Ford F-150 three days before driving to the Patrick Space Force base located in Brevard County. Florida man drives stolen truck to Space Force. Uh, Johnson reportedly admitted to Brevard County deputies that he stole the vehicle while at Riviera Beach and did not know who the owner was. So at least it wasn't personal. According to his arrest affidavit, Johnson said he was ordered by President Biden in his head 
to steal the truck and drive it to the Space Force base to warn the government about U.S. aliens fighting with Chinese dragons. I wonder if there actually is a psychic link between him and whatever is controlling Joe Biden. I, I, I actually wonder if there's like a, ET, a, a fucked up E.T. Elliot connection between these two. The Florida man who has been booked in Brevard County Jail was charged with grand theft of a motor vehicle. His bond was reportedly at $3,000. If he were arrested in New York, he would have been let out uh, without bail and actually given some scouting reports on best neighborhoods to rob future cars. And that's all we got from this story. I would really like to know more. Is he schizophrenic? Was there something? Was he under the influence? Are they doing the bath salts again down there in Florida? I don't know, but I do not dismiss this stuff out of hand. Especially the voice-to-skull technology. And I don't know what the hell is living inside of Joe Biden, but it could be connected to this man. Now get a load of this. Get a load of this. Here is a Daily Caller, and I have something from the Los Angeles Times to complement it. Headline, you're a fucking plague. Mexico City residents want Americans to leave. Get a load of this. Listen, just listen. Because on one hand, you kind of understand. On the other hand, no. I don't understand. Mexico City residents aren't happy with Americans that have moved to their city and made things more expensive, demanding they leave, the Los Angeles Times reported on Wednesday. A growing number of Americans from areas like Silicon Valley and Brooklyn, New York, have flocked to the city, taking advantage of its beauty and cheap rent, according to the L.A. Times. The issue is expected to worsen with rising inflation as more Americans look for affordable alternatives. Listen to this quote. We're the only brown people. We're the only people speaking Spanish except the waiters. Writer and university professor Fernando Bustos Gorzopi 28 years old, said, according to the L.A. Times, we're just seeing Americans flooding in. It's people who may have their own businesses or may be thinking of starting some consulting or freelance work. They don't, they don't even know how they're going to stay or how long they're going to stay. They're completely picking up their entire lives and moving it down here. Hmm. Wow. Imagine that. And you're telling me they showed up literate and with a job? Oh, fucking poor you. You know, I understand. I do understand. But we've got completely different situations here. The trade-off has not been equal. The nerve. Kate Linthicum. Let's see here. Kate Linthicum. From the New York Times, or she's at least posting about the New York Times. She said this as she tweeted it out today or yesterday. I forget when it was. I grabbed this. Mexico City is being flooded by Americans, including legions of remote workers drawn by cheap rent. Legions. The nerf flooded by legions. And by legions, legions of what? Of what? People who are illiterate in their own country that are going because the government in the receiving country has been ringing the, the welfare dinner bell? Or what? No, no, no. It's American American remote workers. People with that have jobs and have money ready to spend. If only the reverse were true. If only the reverse were true. 
They're transforming classic neighborhoods, the housing market, and even racial dynamics. Oh, yeah? You want to come over here and interview me? Talk about the town I grew up in and what it is now? You know, there is a, um, there is a, a carnival that I grew up in uh, every... Every August, like August 10th to 15th or so, there was a carnival at this old parish that I went to uh, and that I, I went to school from kindergarten to eighth grade. It was uh, Corpus Christi, Roman Catholic Church. It's gone through many, many changes since then. And, uh, and it was the Corpus Christi Carnival. Every year for the rest of, for, for all of our lives growing up, we would go there the, any nights between those five days and buy into the big raffle. Everybody from town was there. All of our aunts, grandmothers, grandparents, uh, grandparents of friends we knew, everybody from school, all surrounding, everybody was there. Their parents and their grandparents and everybody was making the, uh, the pizza free. There was the, the, you know, the, the rides came in, but it was familiar faces all over the place. All that, that is gone. It's not just new generations of those same families. They're gone. They've been replaced. The Corpus Christi Carnival, I just found out, even though I haven't been there for years because it was changing. It was not for us anymore. Now the Corpus Christi Carnival has been, has been renamed the Festa Junita. So it's just, what do you want? What do you want? And even more... More and more locals are asking them, please go home. It's just incredible, isn't it? It's just, I wish that somebody can give them the, the, the alternative, the balance. So this, this isn't actually optimal for any of us. You understand that? It's not optimal. So we go to Mexico to spend millions of dollars every year to either, you know, with our incomes or to take vacations where you, you pay for the privilege to contract gastroenteritis from the toilet water that they serve. Meanwhile, our hometowns have been turned into what looks like a scene from El Guapo's uh, fortress from the Three Amigos. And they ain't tourists. It's a complete ne- net negative over here. So we can trade it all if you want. But that's not, uh, that's not what... Uh, no, nobody wants that. You see, Americans, America, that has been made synonymous with white privilege and all that other shit. And white people, as you know, have no culture. They have no traditions. That's, that's the trope. That's the trope. So it's okay. It's okay when we get flooded um, and there's no place to put anybody and they're not doing anything except waiting for the government to make them citizens and continue to change their diapers. But it's, it's, it's just really a horrible thing. And it makes people resentful, as you can see. Because when there's nobody willing to talk about what is, what is wrong and what, what scars everybody, including those who have stood online, whether it be this generation or many generations before, and became, became American citizens, regardless of where they came from. Nobody cares around here if you have a, a, a Hispanic neighbor, a black neighbor, a white neighbor. It, nobody cares. What is white? We were talking about that on... on uh, Taking it back today, what even is that? That in itself is propaganda bullshit. That you can broad stroke somebody as white. You want to see pictures of my great grandparents? You'd think that they were Mexicans. I'll, t- I'll bring in some pictures soon. So it's really just principle. This is a battle of principle. Some people are trying to find it, other people are ignoring the, the, uh, the, the, the boundaries of other, 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 other places. And you know, the crazy thing is that 
We're taking in most of the illiterate, unemployed people. They're getting the employed people who are only going down to Mexico because they're getting priced out of living in the United States, in part due to illegal immigration. So it's a, it's a cycle that's hopeless. It really is. Just incredible. So when I saw these headlines, I said, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, I don't... Um, I can't say that I, I sympathize because we're already at the bottom of that slippery slope and I, I can tell you there's no reversing it so I've got no sympathy. At least you got people with income that are running in. Here's a headline for you with, from Axios. A radical plan for Trump's second term. All the people over there at the Axios powers are very concerned. Remember this was the main outlet that was tasked with proliferating the red wave, the red mirage theory that don't worry, no matter what happens, Donald Tr- it's going to look like Donald Trump is winning in a landslide and then he will slowly lose. They were at the, they were the tip of the spear, Axios was, with all of that stuff. Um, they become very important in the, in the last few years to the messaging of the left. But here's the radical plan of Trump's second term. This is if they don't arrest him and disqualify him prior to, which is obviously a major plot that is unfolding before our eyes. I I highlighted a few things, and it's... Please, please just let this be the tip. Not just the tip, please. Give me the whole thing. Here you go. The impact could go well beyond. So they're talking about what they can do to civil servants and making all of the bureaucracy that's in place right now a lot less permanent. A typical conservative target, such as the Environmental Protection Agency, the Internal Revenue Service, Trump allies are working on plans that would potentially strip layers at the Justice Department, including the FBI, and reaching into national security, intelligence, the State Department, and the Pentagon, sources close to the former president say, oh, don't tease me, daddy. During his presidency... Trump often complained about what he called the deep state. You know, just that that term he coined, the deep state, which of course is so ridiculous. <laughs> Bunny ears on everything. Here's a little bit more. Their work in this hypothetical Trump second term would accelerate controversial policies and enforcement changes, but also enable revenge tours against real or perceived enemies. And like what's going on right now with J6? And potentially insulate the president and his allies from investigation or prosecution. How has Donald Trump been insulated at any degree from investigation? From the moment he declared his candidacy in 2015, he was investigated and spied on, and they still couldn't do anything. They still couldn't do anything. Robert Mueller did nothing but waste money and present the media and the public with open-ended questions and vague conclusions because they couldn't come, they couldn't come down to the, the, uh, the real conclusion was there's nothing there. But we can't say that there's nothing there because that would be an end to our bullshit. So they spent tens of millions of dollars and billions of dollars of media coverage just to present everybody with wide open questions that aren't really questions at all. So what is he insulated from? I don't know. Obviously, they're trying to get the prosecution thing uh, in order. They want an indictment so bad because everything else has just been one big dry heave. 
Now here's the centerpiece, and this is really arousing. Even though it says nothing about closing the border or ending foreign aid and auditing the Federal Reserve and ending block grants to the states, then, I mean, I would just... That would be... That'd be a very exciting show for Frank. But here's the centerpiece that Axios is very upset about. Trump signed an executive order creating Schedule F in the accepted service in October of 2020, which established a new employment category for federal employees. It received wide media attention for a short period of time because then they got to, you know, cut him out like a tumor. tumor. Then it was largely forgotten in the mayhem and aftermath of January 6th. (laughs) And quickly was rescinded by President Biden. Uh, sources close to Trump say that if it, if he were elected a second term, he would immediately reimpose it. Tens of thousands of civil servants, that's what they call themselves, who serve in roles deemed to have uh, some influence over policy would be reassigned as Schedule F employees. Well, good, because policy has nothing to do with unelected bureaucrats. Upon reassignment, they would lose their employment protections. Oh, oh, dear Jesus, if you're please, please, please intercede. New presidents typically get to replace more than 4,000 so-called political appointees to oversee the running of their administrations. But below this rotating layer of political appointee sits a mass of government workers who enjoy strong employment protections and typically continue their service from one administration to the next, regardless of the president's party affiliation, which is the the deep state. You, you change the, the, the face in the Oval Office, but the administration remains the same and they can hinder anybody they want or they can promote the agenda of the people that they collectively like. And we know, we know what by and large is attracted to the federal government when it comes to outlook on the world. An initial estimate by Trump official who came up with a Schedule F found it could apply to as many as 50,000 federal workers. Oh, that would be a fraction, of course, of the workforce of more than 2 million people who have lost their political autonomy, but a segment with a profound role in shaping American life. Exactly. So they, they say that the deep state is just a term that Donald Trump liked to coin to, um, to alleviate himself of, the, of his, like, his supposed failures. On the other hand, they start, they go on to <laughs> describe, describe the actual administrative state that stays no matter who is elected. And to think that that party is without politics, that that group is without politics. Number one being, keep our jobs here. Two million people. Two million. They're not all post office workers. They're not all postal workers. That's not two million mail carriers. Okay? Trump, in theory, could fire tens of thousands. Such pendulum swings and politicization could threaten the continuity and quality of service to taxpayers. Can you imagine the balls it takes for somebody to to write that sentence? A pendulum swing in getting rid of some of these, these, uh, these civil servants could threaten the continuity and quality of the services that we receive as taxpayers. Are, are, you, are you happy with the services you receive? You know part of the reason why they need a lot of people to die off or just leave the earth in the next couple of 
years to a decade is because there's no money for Social Security. There's no money in Social Security. There's no money in Medicaid. It would, it would be a, a real convenient thing if they can bleed the radiator a little bit. There's no money. What services do they have? All these things should have been a trust fund that was self-regulating and, and, and replenishing, and it's all gone. You're taking out loans to pay people their Social Security money. Why would you be taking out loans if everybody who earns a dollar has a few cents get taken out of that for fucking Social Security? Oh, man, I would love to see most of those two million eventually. Obviously, if you make two million people unemployed right now, it's this is like, once again, you have to make yourself, take yourself off of the heroin. Get onto the methadone. Try to bring the dosage down. We're in bad shape. We're in bad shape. And, uh, and for Axios to be wringing their hands over this is hilarious. Well, that's it for right now. We will be right back. We're going to bring on a good friend for a few minutes. I want to introduce you to a very new and vital, vital piece to our affiliates page on QuiteFrankly.tv. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. One ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! twice just because she is so nice Angelina Angelina which is sad pizzeria yes I keep soup and minestrone just to be with her alone Angelina see this generation had to go get processed at Ellis Island and even if you did find a way to sneak into the country illegally which the legal immigration was always you know unaccounted for people coming into one country or another uh, that always is always was happening the only difference between somebody coming to the United States in the 1910s 10s 20s 30s 40s 50s is that you weren't coming into a a welfare state with open arms you were coming here to live or die on your own ambition and to make things work for you and leave something better for your children and hopefully that that trend continues as the generations move on. The people who are coming here now are responding to the dinner bell being rung. It's a completely different situation and once again even though I feel I, I, I know I'm coming off as very salty about this kind of thing because we have a lot of first-hand uh, first-hand experience on how it's not a beneficial thing Remember, these are the, this is the weaponization of people. People. And it's just not good. 
it takes uh, it takes a toll on everybody, including those being weaponized. Okay, so let's go and jump into a little something I want to read to you. Now, our um, our guest tonight, just for about five, uh, ten minutes, ten, ten, fifteen minutes, bring us to the bottom of the hour. My sponsor tonight is Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. They're specialists. And since it was um, it's the first time I wanted to bring Mr. Tony Arterburn on the show for a very brief intro because, you know, it's, it's a significant addition to our affiliates page on QuiteFrankly.tv. And I want to read you first a little bit of a bio that is listed right now on QuiteFrankly.gold. Here it is about Wise Wolf. Our mission at Wise Wolf and Silver Exchange is to give the client a safe and secure way to buy and sell precious metals. We specialize in gold, silver coins, jewelry, bullion, diamonds, and much more. We believe in friendliness, honesty, and total commitment to professionalism and your privacy. Based in Branson, Missouri, our firm is proudly veteran-owned and operated. Give Tony a call. And, of course, there is the... The mailing address and the the phone number, but you know what's better? The better thing to do is actually just bring Tony on. And I have I, I it's been a little while since I spoke to Tony, but he's on with me tonight. Tony, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you wonderfully, man. It's great to finally see you. And uh, wait, can, did I did I give you a, a camera angle of me? I I don't recall. Did you see one there? Well, either way. Well, I see, well, I see you now. Okay, yeah. good. Because we see you fine, and, and that's, all, that's all that matters. Anyway, welcome to the show, my friend. It's great to have you on. I've been waiting to do this now for almost two months. How's everything with you? Oh, it's fantastic, brother. I'm glad to be here, fine. I love the show, and uh, I know my wife loves your show. I, I come home all the time, and she's listening to it in the evening, so... You've got, you've got another fan. I'm glad that we were able to bridge this gap because we have a lot of common uh, common friends and mutual friends. I'd love to get to that in a, in a second. But first, I want to talk about this particular service that you provide to people. So you're a provider of physical gold and silver for people who stack, of course. But you right. do more than that. So if you can give everyone a, uh, a rundown of what else Wise Wolf could be of service to people, especially now for people who are seeing the, in, the economic instability everywhere and are considering all options to secure their personal resources. So uh, go right ahead. Sure. I was on with uh, David Knight this morning and I said, I'm not uh, an investment specialist. I'm a protection specialist. I, I think of myself as more of helping people get out of fiat currency, which is the greatest heist and scam in the history of mankind, if you know anything about it. I mean, you and I are both in alternative media, so you know, we talk about conspiracy. We talk about, you know, things that aren't uh, in the mainstream narrative. And everything, Frank, tracks back to fake money. It's, I, you know, I say fiat is fake. It's the head of the snake. So my years in radio, it just kind of naturally, my life kind of just tilted towards dealing in precious metals. And um, Wise Wolf was born out of that. And so we're a, yeah, we're a lean and mean shop. I have... Um, uh, corporation in Texas, and now I operate out of um, uh, Branson, Missouri. And uh, I'm able to uh, use the trading floor in Dallas to uh, procure gold and silver uh, at reasonable prices, very competitive prices, and all physical. And because I operate everything myself, my overhead's pretty low. Um, so what I do, if somebody's going to say, hey, Tony, I need to buy some gold, I need to buy some silver, physical silver, not a, not a contract or anything like that, uh, we put them in the most amount of metal for their dollar. That's always been the goal. 
if you call a lot of the um, 1-800 numbers, and not all, some of them are great companies, but they have a lot of salespeople, they have a lot of overhead, they'll usually try to put you in a collectible. They'll try to put you in something premium. Uh, I try to steer people away, and what I tell them is, that, hey, I'll make the same whether you buy an American Eagle or a Silver Eagle or whether you buy a Krugerrand, but you may pay more, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I, I tend to you know, try to walk people through the process, and, and because I'm in alternative media, I sponsor great programs like yourself, and I mean, it's all about um, helping each other and helping our listeners and um, you know, I do a podcast once a week on gold and silver. It's called the Wise Wolf Gold and Crypto Show. I actually added crypto into that because uh, I'm just anything but fiat, anything but, anything anything but. but the dollar. So, but, but you know, in, in that, in the, the time that we spoke on the phone, we were, we were working all this out, and I was learning more about your business. Um, we even got into the reason why I, I got uh, even more interested in this when Charlie Robinson from, from Macroaggressions told me about you, and uh, that's how I started learning about your work, and I knew how many people that we both know in common, but uh, you also get into gold-backed IRAs and things. So talk a little bit more about that, especially those who are, are coming up on retirement years and the way that the markets are fluctuating and the way that the government is printing and printing and printing and giving hundreds of billions of dollars to war-torn countries that they're destroying themselves and all that shit. How do, you, how do you provide an option for people who are looking to shore up some of their hard-earned money um, for retirement? Well, first, let me say, just, you know, you mentioned about war-torn countries and foreign aid. And I just want to say, you know, when you look at what happened in Ukraine, the West, meaning us, we gave Ukraine close to over $60 billion. But at the same time, a little headline didn't get picked up by the mainstream. The West and NATO is pressuring Ukraine to sell their gold reserves. Now, why would they do that? <laughs> you know, again, countries, central banks want the gold. Um, but yeah, what, what we, we set this up back when I was in San Antonio, and I thought, I'm a small shop, but what can I do to compete with the larger uh, bullion houses? And one of those things is gold and silver IRAs. And when people think of that, they think of the stock. They think of an ETF. They think of like GLD or SLV which is based on nothing. I mean, I'm sorry to say that, but when you buy a paper stock of gold, it's the bullion that's supposed to be there. I mean, that's, that's questionable. So the cool thing about a physical gold and silver IRA is that um, you, you set up an IRA, you get all the tax you know, protection, all the legal, all the stuff surrounding a regular IRA, but you own physical gold and silver. Now you have to store it in a third-party vault. There's usually, I think there's nine different places throughout the U.S. you can choose. I chose Dallas, there's Las Vegas, there's Delaware, there's North Dakota, there's Idaho, bunch of places. And you can pick a vault, but your funds go into physical gold and silver. And again, those are yours. Nobody's gonna be you know, trading them out for anything. When you cash out your IRA, they send you your physical gold and silver. And I set this up like three years ago, but I've, I, Frank, I've done more uh, IRA and 401k rollovers in the last three months than I've done in three years. Wow. And just people looking at the markets. I think there people, a lot of people are finally getting it. And there's an issue with that too. I mean, we can get into this a little later, but, uh, you know, there's a problem with supply. Uh, people don't realize that, you know, when the, when a normal people going to, or going to try to start getting into physical metals, I think that'll break the system. 
because there's just not a whole lot of supply right now. We can get it. And it's, again, it's, uh, it's a, you're talking about a fraction of people that are wanting product. And I'm still seeing delays. So um, we're seeing a lot of rollovers. We're seeing that happen right now. And it's a really easy process. You just, and we have a, a company called New Direction Trust that we partner with. They handle all the legal. And then we get your metals for you. And I usually drop ship those direct from um, the trading floor in Dallas well, uh, to whatever vault. This is this is great, and I, I know I would love to bring you on for more checkups on things like this, just to talk about everything, especially the precious metals. And I, I always like getting a little bit of updates on what's going on with crypto, even though I don't I don't know too much. But as you said, anything but fiat. Um, here's another question I have, a main question I have before we uh, we 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 just talk about websites and wrap this up and and do another little uh, little hit along the way. Is there any when we when I talk about prepping? I have Blue Monster Prep for food, for water, first aid. I always differentiate between people who are just starting out and those who are pros. You were just talking about this, and if, if average people start stacking a little bit, it's really going to strain the system beyond what it already is. Between those who are limited in budget and those who have bigger margins as well, is there any order that is too small for you? Could someone call you, even if they were interested, say, Tony... I would love to buy my first ounce of silver. Can they call you for that, or is that too small of an order? Absolutely, they can call me. Okay. I do not have a minimum. If you want to call and order a, a silver quarter from 1964 for $4 or $5, I'll get it to you. And the reason I say that is because I know my roots. I know where I come from. And, uh, I mean, I've been broke, and I know what it is to just try to get your first piece of silver. I know how hard that is. So absolutely no minimums. Uh, we help. We treat everybody the same. Um, and I, I might give you some advice on that, too. Like if you want to get, you know, uh, if you want to start out with a coin, I might hold it for you. And then once you've got three or four, s ship it out just to save you a little bit on shipping or something. But, no, there's absolutely no minimums. And, and you know, people, you know, I, and good, you know, the precious metals deal, too. I was thinking about this earlier today. I was talking to David Knight. We were talking about cash. I don't sell cash, but I tell people have cash, too. You should have a you should have whatever is physical in your hand to be able to distribute a value you should use. And because we're going to go into a new economic era based off of um, scarcity, right? Auster these this manufactured austerity, we need to be looking at that. The the main uh, opponent I have to all of this is the central bank digital currency. Mm -hmm. That's what scares me. That's what keeps me thinking how do I how do I help people? Because this, that's the total surveillance, social credit score, satanic system. And having physical gold and silver puts you outside of that. Gold's not traceable. You can get a Krugerrand or you can get an American Eagle. You just get a bar. No one knows where that gold comes from. There's no ID on it. So you can use it anywhere. Same thing for silver. It's not traceable. So I like people having physical. And whatever your economic situation is, just have a little bit. Um, you know, I'm not, again, I, a lot of my customers have way more product than me. Mm. <laughs> they, have, they have more than my savings. I'm uh, a little rich for my blood, but I, I'm, I'd like to get there someday. Well, I, I really appreciate this. You know, we, we, like I said before, we met through Charlie Robinson. What other familiar names do you work with? You just talked about David Knight. Uh, anybody else that we would uh, we'd be familiar with? Well, sure. Yeah, I mean, I used to guest host on InfoWars all the time. Oh, I didn't um, know that. For a couple of years, I did guest host, hosting. I, I'm friends with Owen Schroyer. I've hosted the War Room over there. 
Um, I hosted for David Knight for a year and a half over there, and I still fill in for him now. Um, I'm on uh, rockfin.com on America Unplugged with the great Billy Ray Valentine and the legendary Don Jeffries. We do that show, oh. America Unplugged, every Don, Saturday. Don, have you ever seen Don on this show? I, I know he's been on your show. Oh, he's, he's a great I've, friend. I've you know, seen you with Charlie, and I listen to Charlie's podcast. I've been on Charlie's podcast um, at least once. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is my circle of people. We, we travel in the same circles, my friend. Incredible. Oh, I'm glad, I'm glad the circle's finally closing in. I, I can see the, the connections here. That is, uh, that's just great. Uh, it really is. And uh, so there you go. I, I hope everybody gives you a call. I'd love to have you back just to talk, talk uh, a little bit to just I don't know, just banter about the world. But for now, I just wanted to get an introduction out there. Tony, everybody can find uh, a way to find to talk to you. I know that there's a mailing address. There's also the phone number at quitefrankly.gold. Anything else that people should know? Well, definitely, you know, we uh, want to make sure that we're supporting you. Um, and that's why we built quitefrankly.gold. And when you use, I want to tell your audience the same thing I told David Knight's audience today. Whenever you uh, purchase something from me, and we close the transaction, I pay Frank the same day. And look, it's not gonna be a lot, I mean, we, unless we're talking about giant purchases, but I keep, I take care of all my hosts and people that I sponsor because we're all in the same, <laughs> on the same wagon, you know, on the same boat. So um, yeah, quite frankly, dot gold, uh, the toll free number is, is set up for you. Uh, you can call or text that, I believe that's 888-426-1836, I believe that's your number. And uh, if you want to find out more about me, you can go to arterburn.news. Uh, that's my website for, I've got my radio show there and a couple other projects. I'm thinking I'm like 408 episodes in on my radio show. I do a radio show a couple times a week. Well, I appreciate this, man, I, and I really do. And, and I, you know, as far as kick, kicking something back to me, as you know, the first time we spoke, you, that really wasn't the, uh, the, the most important thing to me. I, I wanted to have something to round out the affiliates page because we had the food and the water. We had some CBD. We had some good cigars and things like that, but I didn't have gold and silver. And I, it was so fortuitous that I was talking with Charlie, and I said, I said, Charlie, do you know anybody you know, who, who can I talk to about gold and silver? I was asking people, and uh, I, I struck gold, as they say. So it's great to meet you, Tony. Uh, you know, before we leave, have you ever had your life saved by an animal? Yes. Tell us about it. That was my dog, Layla. Uh, she was a chocolate Labrador. And uh, my background, and we didn't go into too much in my bio, but I'm a combat veteran. I served in three different foreign wars. And um, my last tour was particularly rough, you know, as far as psychological. I mean, um, and you don't really know it till years later. Um, because I was a U.S. Army paratrooper, and uh, that, that was, it was a, a tour where I learned a lot. I think I read like 200 books when I was in Iraq. We were part of the first Army company into Kandahar, Afghanistan after 9-11, then right after that, back-to-back uh, -back went to the invasion of Iraq, and I spent five years, you know, doing that uh, from 99 to 2004. And, you know, some years later, I, I think all my stuff kept caught up with me, Frank. I just, you know, you get a depleted adrenal gland, you're always on. And uh, I don't know if I would even be doing media. I don't know if I'd be in this shape that I am in today if it wasn't for my dog. Because she kind of just came into my life and all of a sudden I just started, you know, it took about six months or so, but I f felt normal. And it took a long time. I mean, but she was, all, she was with me for, for years. She did 
um, almost all my broadcasts with me. And if you go to my logo on my website, you can see her. She, that's a picture of us on the grassy knoll. And one of my friends, Clint, he took that that uh, logo and made it look like it's the globe, like we're on top of the world. It's a really cool deal for the Arterburn Radio transmission. But that's uh, that's Layla the Labrador. And anybody who's listening to my show knows all about Layla. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I, I credit her with, um, I don't, again, I, she's, her ashes right, are right here on my, um, on my, uh, my desk as we talk. Because I, I love that story, you know, cause I, I, we're going to be getting into non-human, uh, rescue stories tonight. And uh, I know the most of them is going to be about a fire broke out, waking somebody up in danger. I saw a few that were about warning about other animals that were predators and danger, all that. But you never really, the first thing you, you think about when you think about rescue stories are those kinds of life or death situations in a sticky, in a sticky physical situation. You never really think about how this dog Layla breathed new life into you at a time when you you needed it the most, and that's a, that's a wonderful story, man. Thank you for sharing it. Oh, you're very. I'm not ashamed to say it, and and I don't. Not many people have ever asked that, but um, I, I mean, I I still think about her all the time, and um, you know, the, uh, dog is God spelled backwards for a reason, I think. Well, I guess uh, I guess I guess I can ask you one more question since you sure. mentioned Kandahar. Uh, did you know anybody that laid eyes on the Kandahar giant? You know, I've heard this story, and I wish I'd have known more about this paranormal side. That I'm always been interested, but I didn't know these things. You know, and I've heard that throughout the years. But uh, no, I, I it might explain some things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it was a it was a wild west. I mean, we got there, um, and I landed in fiscal. I mean, in the, in the calendar year of 2001. I mean, we were. I mean, it was like what you know, end of December. And uh, there wasn't almost anyone there. I mean, the Marines were there. I, General Mattis, anybody knows the Mad Dog Mattis, you know, he was the one that came out and briefed us and just said, you know, this is what we're setting up here. There was an old Soviet uh, dump site. I mean, this, this airstrip that we were on. Um, and, you know, and again, uh, most heavily mined country in the world. And they told us to go make a new map, some new roads. I mean, it's just totally insane. Um, I saw a lot of crazy stuff there, but uh, I didn't see any giants. I, I, I wouldn't doubt that they were there, though. I mean, Afghanistan is... Uh, it's like uh, in that part of the of the country, especially, is like the road warrior. Mm. If you've ever been, <laughs> what's the road? The road like the post-apocalyptic. Like you're just like, oh, there's an old Soviet hind helicopter, and you know, there's. I mean, it's just you'll find. You know, we found a uh, a rocket launcher in the woods. Like, and it's just you find crazy stuff, and there's, uh, you know, there's all kinds of. Uh, um, you know stories there. Wait, we could go into that later. You know, I would love to. I would like as long as long as you would. I'd love to talk about uh, all that stuff. It it really all does tie in, because as I said before, we are on a linear path here, and we had to walk through 2001 to get to where we are right now. And I'm sure that you picked up uh, in all those years in the armed forces, especially during those deployments, you were slowly starting to get red pilled about one thing or another, and uh, especially as you were seeing you know, the sauce is being made. So I, I'd love to talk about all that, what you learned, and, all, and, and of course, keeping the gold and silver at the forefront. Thank you again for setting this up for me, Tony, and send my best to Melissa, and uh, we'll talk soon. Will do. Thank you, Frank. All right, be well. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Tony Arterburn, and we are, uh, you can go on over to quitefrankly.gold and call him, text him, email, send a letter, a postcard, whatever the hell it is, 
As you heard, no order is too small. If you just wanted your first silver round, get in touch with them. And uh, little by little, there you have it. So now you got your food, your water, your CBD, your cigars, your chocolate, your gold, your silver. I love how our affiliates page is shaping up. Alrighty. So with that being said, we're going to take a really quick break and jump right in to our non-human rescue stories. Don't go anywhere. Manufactured in the USA, Plantation Shutters for You is your best choice for plantation shutters. Custom measured and installed just for you. Built to last forever. Call today for a free consultation. Discounts for all military and first responders. If you support Joe Biden and are a liberal, don't call us. It is my opinion that you do not really understand the concept of banking. All the banks are broke. Uh, Bank Santander, Deutsche Bank, Royal Bank of Scotland, they're all broke. And why are they broke? It isn't an act of God. It isn't some sort of tsunami. They're broke because we have a system called fractional reserve banking, which means that banks can lend money that they don't actually have. It's a criminal scandal, and it's been going on for too long. To add to that problem, you have moral hazard, a very significant moral hazard from the political sphere. And most of the problem starts in politics and central banks, which are part of the same political system. We have counterfeiting, sometimes called quantitative easing, but counterfeiting by any other name. The artificial printing of money, which if any ordinary person did, they'd go to prison for a very long time. And yet governments and central banks do it all the time. Central banks repress the amount of interest that rate, rates are, so we don't have the real cost of money. And yet we blame the real retail banks for manipulating LIBOR. The sheer effrontery of this is quite astonishing. It's central banks. It's central banks that manipulate interest rates, Commissioner. And plus, underneath all this, we talk loosely, in a rather cavalier fashion, do we not, about deposit guarantees. So when banks go broke through their own incompetence and chicanery, the taxpayer picks up the tab. It's theft from the taxpayer. And until we start sending bankers, and I include central bankers and politicians, to prison for this outrage, it will continue. You've got to have the will. We accept the truth and buck the system and the group collective. Do that. And you'll earn your way to the next level. This is the Info War. I love... I think that Alex, that Alex Jones meme right there is one of my favorites because it's such an obscure video game. I don't know if... It's, if you're around my age, you have the better chance of remembering that. That was the, uh, that was Sewer Shark. Sewer Shark. It came with, it was the one of the games that came with a purchase of Sega CD. So, and I, it used to frustrate the hell out of me. I could never do it. I could never do it frustrated the hell out of me. I, I tried playing it every once in a while, thinking I'd have a different experience. Oh, you know, I'm a few months older. Maybe I have grown wiser. <laughs> no. It sucked. I hated it. But still, it's a memory. I wouldn't call it a fond memory. But it's a memory. So that was great. 
That was wonderful. I'm so happy to have had Tony on. But then again, Tony is on in a uh, in a bigger way, in a more permanent way, because he's part of the team over here. So let us do a little something, and that is reading. So we're going to be taking some calls. The line's going to be open. I have a specialty line started on Discord. The line on Discord is Animal Rescuer Line. Animal Rescuer Line. So it's not a person who rescues animals. It's the animal that's the rescuer. Who was your animal rescuer? So that's the line over there. That's for people who want to tell me, Frank, I'm here to talk and I'm going to stay on topic. I'll still take off-topic calls from time to time, no doubt about it, but I, I also want to uh, to ride this one out nice. We have about 15 minutes before we get to the top of the hour, so we'll do a little bit now. We'll take a break. We'll come back, and we'll really start digging into the calls and everyone else. So here we go. Non-human rescue. Have you ever been saved by an animal directly or indirectly? We just heard Tony and Layla, the story of Layla, but here's one. This is from Superbeast71. I grew up in a pretty rural area. As a kid, I spent a lot of time wandering around the miles of woods behind my house with a Springer, uh, a Springer Spaniel named Oliver. Oliver was sweet, friendly dog, made to be about 40 pounds soaking wet. He never showed any aggression toward anyone. He was just my buddy. One day while wandering, we passed behind a house that was set way back in the forest down a long driveway. I wasn't trying to go near the house and we were a good hundred yards behind it, but I can see it clearly through the tall trees. Suddenly I heard a loud, ferocious barking and looked toward the house to see two huge dogs barreling straight for me. I later found out that one was a German Shepherd and the other was an Irish Wolfhound. I was frozen, I was frozen, I was frozen to the spot with fear. I was maybe 10 years old at the time. I thought, sure, for sure, I was dead. And then I heard an even louder, more ferocious barking right, besi uh, right beside and saw little Oliver, Ollie, tearing through the woods straight at them. I don't know how to describe it other than it was like Ollie had become possessed by the spirit of Norse god or something. I just stood there in shock as he ran straight toward the two big dogs with complete commitment. They stopped in their tracks around 30 yards away. They turned and ran all the way back up to the house. He chased them until he was sure that they weren't a threat anymore and then loped back to me. I never saw Ollie do anything like that again in his life, but I knew without a doubt from that moment on that his, this dog would lay down his life in a heartbeat to protect me. My whole understanding of who Oliver really was and my understanding of dogs in general changed forever that day. I have no doubt that Ollie likely saved my life that day with zero regard for his own safety. That's tremendous. That's beautiful. That's giving. An, that's getting an upvote. Um, I'm sure we're going to hear a lot about dogs because dogs really are a species that we have we have most bonded with. But there's a lot of different stuff in here. I've just seen from glancing around. I've. I, you know, in the last couple of weeks, Aurora had become just, she wanted, she loved, I showed her Lady and the Tramp, and then she just kept asking for it. Last couple of days, she does, she hasn't want to watch it. She's back to watching Tumbleleaf. Say, so what do you want to watch, Aurora? You want to watch Tramp, or do you want to watch Tumbleleaf? Fig. And then she goes, Fee. No Tramp? No. 
So, I guess she just wants to take it easy. I guess it's getting played out. She'll learn how that is. Things get played out fast in life. But, um... But since I have I've watched it with her so many times the last few weeks, and I have to say that in that entire movie, there's one line that really, I believe, encapsulates the heart of most dogs. And I know everybody would say, it's all dogs, Frank. A dog is the responsibility or the product of the owner. If, they come, if they're vicious, it's because they were made vicious. It's because they were abused, they were neglected. Um, then I will take that 100. I've heard it many times before, and I will take that. But there's this one line after Lady and Tramp, they've had their night out. They went, to, they went to Tony's. They had the spaghetti and meatballs. They walked through the park. They're enjoying the night, the, the night sky and all that. And they're on the hill, and they're overlooking the town. And the next morning when the sun rises, Tramp says, look at all that. Look at the town. What do you see down there? And she says, oh, I see houses. I see fences and yards and all that stuff. And he says, no, 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 not that. Beyond it. He's trying to show, he's trying to show Lady that there's so, something so much more than the stability of a nice, quiet life with a family and, and, and to be stable and have something so pure to settle on. You see, Tramp is a tramp, and Lady made him respectable. He's saying, no, no, look out beyond the, the, uh, the hills, and there's a whole wonderful world out there full of wonderful adventures and all this stuff, and you see the sun is rising, and it does look beautiful and enticing, and it is a world that needs to be explored, but he's a little bit more of a loner, and she wants to, she wants to have the full, the complete experience, and so he's giving her, her his best sales pitch of what's out there, and... And she says, well, that sounds all so very nice. And he says, but? And she says, but who would watch the baby? <laughs> That's just, I love that line. She, that was her responsibility. She needed to watch the baby. I love that line. I think it is so, it, is, it, it so perfectly encapsulates the heart of a dog. So just wanted to put that out there. Uh, okay, so what else do we have here? Over here on the Reddit. 2014, this is Locke Eden. In 2014, I was called by another horse trainer to give an advanced lesson to one of his students. I got to his barn and met the 14-year-old student who rode a 17-hand warm blonde m mare. What does 17-hand mean? I'm not up to, you know snuff with all the terminology but i want to know 17 hand warm blonde warm blood i'm sorry warm blood mare uh in 1.30 meter jumper competitions the beautiful mare enjoyed the rub i gave her shoulder but when i was behind her she kicked me in the hip and sent me flying down the barn aisle that kicked that kick saved my life really this is what i'm talking about direct or indirect Let's see how this ends. That kick saved my life. How? When I, was, when I went for an x-ray, they discovered I had kidney cancer. The doctor said the type of cancer I had was usually found in an autopsy as it was a silent killer. After I had what started, uh, after I had what started with an x-ray and ended with a full body scan, I wasn't even allowed to go home because they were afraid it would rupture. 
It took them over a week to bring a doctor from Texas to Florida who was willing to try the surgery. The horse had never kicked before or since. And I'm alive. And yes, when I was able, I gave that horse a big bucket of carrots and apples. Wow, that is tremendous. Another upvote. That's what I was talking about with indirect. But, but could it be direct? What was driving that horse? Was it divine intervention? What was it? Is it some, some, some unspoken intelligence that runs through all things? Here we go. Uh, RB, RB30ZK says, One of my dogs saved my grandma a couple of winters ago. Grandma had collapsed climbing the stairs and had been unable to get up or to get to a phone. I found her on the cold floor, incoherent, dehydrated, and cold to the touch with Gladys, the dog, I didn't name her, laying across her torso, her only source of heat. I estimate that she spent about 16 hours on that floor. She was dehydrated and cold to the touch and had to spend a couple of days in the hospital and more in PT. And Gladys was right there to keep her warm. Lauren, we have got to get a dog quick. Who knows what kind of help I'm going to need soon. Abby is a 14-year-old Labrador retriever. This is Eon Stott. Abby is a 14-year-old Labrador retriever who came to us when she was three months old when my husband surprised us with her. She had been the most loyal, patient, fun, and loving companion. She was my running companion in her peak days. One day while running along a vineyard slash canal, a well-dressed man was on the trail. The way he was dressed made no sense for him to be there. As I ran past him, he squatted down really quick and said, what time is it? Out of habit, I suppose, I stopped and turned toward him to tell him the time. Everything inside me said to get out of there. Ugh. I don't like where this is going. Abby stopped and turned quicker than I. She was quite a bit ahead of me at that point, and she always ran ahead of me, and seemed to be instantly between me and the man. She stared at him, she stared him down with an I dare you look. The man then focused on her. His body language went from cocky to rigid. I told him the time and ran faster than I ever had before, all while Abby made sure she was on my heels, keeping behind me this time. Abby is now struggling with her hips, as many older Labradors do. She's still just as sweet and loyal as always, even though she at times seems to be losing her marbles. When she wanders, looking lost, we call her Dementia Joe. She's just a blessing to our family. I, I all the best to Abby. Then this was seven months ago. I hope Abby's still with us, and I hope that uh, they're giving her whatever drugs they're giving Joe Biden to to, to keep to keep her spry. <laughs> oh, that's just great. That is terrific. You know, I. I all this talk about dogs, it reminds me of my fa one of my favorite dog memes, and I know the dog is only a product of its master, but this is one of my favorite dog memes right here. Hero <laughs> Heroic Pitbull runs back into Burning House to bite one more child. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, you don't want that, um, you don't want that Pitbull around your, your baby. Not that one, at least. I'm sure all the other ones are very, very sweet. 
All right, so here we go. Uh, I'm going to take a little bit of a break. It is 7.55. We come back, we do more of this, and we take your calls, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope that you're enjoying yourself. I sure am. Has been a nice, nice engagement thus far. Don't go anywhere. Quite frankly, coming right back at you after this. Please become a sponsor. Oh, and let me also say something real quick, because it's the end of the month, and I just wanted to put out another... Another PSA for everybody who still prefers Patreon to sponsor the show. Every once in a while, every few months, I go to check out all of the declined uh, the declined patrons because Patreon has a really bad notification system. They don't tell people when a card needs to update an ex- expiration date, one thing or another, whatever the hell is going on there. And for those of you who prefer Patreon, I just sent out a now and again email to only the declined sponsors who need to update their pledges who still intend to be sponsors. Obviously, if it's time to go, it's time to go and you cancel. But if I see people are not canceling and just declined and we have almost 300 people who have pledged to the show but are in decline, I just figure i let you know in case you thought that you were still a sponsor. So um, they do a horrible job notifying people and 292 potential sponsors is a is a big deal and I don't have any decent way to reach them so here's my little PSA if you prefer to stick with patreon please check to see if you got a message from me today that's all I have to say uh, with that being said go to the sponsor us tab on quite frankly.tv and do whatever the hell floats your boat would love to have you on as a monthly sponsor because then you can come hang out with us on the unlisted Sunday streams and more be right back Welcome to Intermission. We'll we'll be right back. Yeah, Intermission. Quite frankly. 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 We all support quite frankly. Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. Yeah. Quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. Quite frankly, you're going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? 
I see some people um, who sometimes complain once we get later on into July with the, the so-called Mark Swan dancer for the intermission. And I think you need to look at life a little bit differently. You have to look at this a little bit differently. Do you understand that when the Mark Swan dancer pops up, that is the middle point of a year that we never thought, we never think will ever come back around again when we're in the middle of winter? When we're, when we're saying Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, and all of a sudden it's, it's, it's sweltering July again. Do you understand? I'm going to blink my eyes twice, and it's going to be October. The Mark Swan Dancer is a very important marker now for all of us here in, quite frankly, land. A very important marker on the calendar. That's, and it's, it's almost very sad when he leaves because... It means another half year is gone. And, and and what can you say? What can you say other than what great energy? A pep in his step. A bowl full of jelly. That's what his belly is like. A belly like a bowl full of jelly. Jovial. Bouncing. And full of promise. So please. Please don't. Don't complain when Mark is here, because we're all going to miss him when he's gone. Okay. So, let's go on to, on to our Super Chats. By the way, I, I didn't tell anybody, but you can send in Super Chats, quite frankly, podcast, quite frankly, superchat.com. Please jump in on that. We're going to go right there right now and there's only two those are just people who took the initiative because I didn't say anything uh let's see here this is from Silky Johnson my yellow lab is the sweetest butthead I've ever known she's such a ding dong she's given me love and companionship and not to be dramatic but I would die to protect her well there is a nice bond right there a dual pact to protect each other. New York State of Mine Crystal Stop. Oh, New York State of Mine Crystal Shop says, keep up the good work. Is that a crystal shop that is watching, quite frankly? I would love to see some of their selections. Over there on Rockfin, we have a Michelle Obama Isaman, Michelle Obama Isaman on Rockfin says, loving the show from Australia. Man, speaking of dogs, if you want loyal, smart dog that can be security, the family's best friend, you want an Australian cattle dog or a blue healer. They are a lot of work, though. I'm certain my two boys, uh, I'm certain my two boys what uh, would have always uh, would have always protected me. I, you know, Lauren and me, we both love, me and Lauren, we love, we love Australian Shepherds, the ones with the, they almost have like a husky look, but they've got those beautiful ice blue eyes. I've always loved those. And then Lauren told me once, you know, I really love those Australian Shepherds. I said, yes, I know what you mean. But honestly, I wouldn't discriminate. I love to have two dogs. Maybe one could be the shepherd, and one could be a wild card. 
you have any of those wild card dogs? A little mix of everything? A mutt? No. I want a purebred. Something. Uh, let's see. Moving along into the rumble. Selling the farm says dogs are the very best saviors of humans. Hands down, dogs are man's best friend. And if you spell it backwards, it's God. That's exactly what Tony said. Dog and God. Interchangeable. Or at least, they're at least God-like. Unconditional in their devotion and love. Uh, Sean Joe, this is on Foxhole. Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. Paulie says Aaron Judge stuck on 38 home runs, still leads the MLB. Yes, he will be just fine. And I don't care if he's uh, has an 0 for 4 night. I mean, he can't be Superman every night. Just like I always gave Jeter a pass, too. When you're clutch so much, whatever. But Yankees got a little bit of a flat tire right now, but I'm sure that they'll patch it up. They got this uh, Benintendi guy just came in. He's leading off tonight. He's pretty hot for the Royals right now. Let's see if he cools off now that he comes, comes to join the likes of Aaron Hicks. Swickley says, hey, Frank, can you please give birthday shout-outs to my sister Ashley and her son Owen. Ashley and Owen, they got the same the same birthday? Happy birthday, Ashley and Owen. Wow. That must have been something. Well, unless it's just like you guys are within the same couple of days, but that is something. Do we have any other mother, father, any parents out there who share a birthday with their children? Anybody? I want to hear about that. Send it in. Um send it in through email. I'd like to I'd like to know that. That's really that's really awesome. Because I don't know anybody in my life that has shares that I have family member that are family members that are born on Fourth of July and other holidays. But yeah, my mother's a couple days after Christmas, so that must have been fun for her. Or is it? Because you can't expect people to buy double, so you kind of have to like split it up. I don't know. But you get two two acknowledgments. That's fun. All right. Let's show on Joe. Thank you. And Hangover Gang. Thank you for watching. And I hope you're not too hungover today. All right. Let's go back to our stories. And we're going to take some calls. 914-595-6953. And you can jump into the Discord. The Discord is we have the Animal Rescuer Line. We have a call a line for first-time callers. We have the International Line if you're out there from another country. I guess Canada I guess Canada counts but not really. That's just I don't I don't know why I have a hard time counting Canada as international. And I know it's its own country. But I don't know, it's not like getting a call from Estonia, you know what I mean? But the international line is there too. Here we go. This is from Elizabeth. My first encounter with non-human rescues is what I now believe to have been done by angels. The story goes like this. I was picking puka shells in northern shore of Hawaii one day with my two-year-old son. We were on an isolated stretch of beach and it was picturesque, serene, and beautiful. But as the old Hawaiian folklore says, never turn your back on the ocean. Well, I did for one brief moment and was hit by an incoming wave that rushed up the beach and was only ankle deep. But it hit with such force that it knocked me off my feet. And when I looked up, 
it was carrying out to sea. It was carrying me out to sea, I should, I, they probably meant. Uh, carrying me out to sea with it, and it returned. And as it returned, my two-year-old son was in its grips. Oh. Just beyond the break, I knew was a coral reef, and that, wa- that wave would be pounding upon it. I panicked and started yelling, my baby, my baby, and literally out of nowhere, two large, strong Polynesian men came rushing down the beach, scooped up my son before I could barely blink, and they turned and handed him to me, kissing my son and weeping now, uh, weeping now as he was safely back in my arms. I turned to thank the men, but they were nowhere to be found. The beach was again empty. Goosebumps. Oh. So, the two Polynesian men were the non-human entities. I guess there's something angelic about that, and I guess that would be non-human if they swooped in and then poof out of nowhere, gone. The second story involved my 175-pound St. Bernard, I lovingly named Baby, or Babes for short. I was home alone one day when a knock at the door came. It was a salesman, an extremely aggressive salesman, and when I told him I wasn't interested, he stuck his foot in my door and barged in. Jeez. Quickly, I was aware he was there to do me harm. Instinctively, I became calm, played sweet and charming, and said to the stranger, Well, being that you're adamant about staying, how about something to drink? I'm going to fix myself some iced tea. What would you like? He seemed puzzled, then sat down on the couch and gave me his order. And I was allowed to step into the kitchen while I talked about what he wanted in his coffee. Quietly, I managed to open the back door where Babes was. I whispered her name. She turned quickly. As sensing the desperation in my quivering voice, she ran into the house, full charge, hair up on the back of her neck. She followed me into the living room, growing, growling and drooling. I turned to the intruder and said, I'd like you to meet Babes, and Babes would like you to go now. He jumped up, yelling, you tricked me, you tricked me, and then ran out the door. The following day, a young boy was found murdered in the empty lot across the street from my house. I often wonder if it was meant to be me. Thank God for Babes. Jeez, that is... Jeez. Well, yeah. Thank God for babes. Young boy, that's uh, that's horrible about that, though. All right, let's take a call. 314, you're on the air. What do you got for me? Hey, it's Patrick again, Frank. Thanks for taking my call, buddy. Hey, Patrick, great to have you on. I I always know when I'm going to get through... I don't know why. I don't know why. The other day. I, hey, check it out. Uh, you were talking about animals, right? Saving your life. I got a lot of stories. Or give me your, give me your best one. Give me, give me your best one, Patrick. Your best one. Okay, this is, involves a tree. All right? <laughs> check it out. Just I was going through a, a terrible time with my uh, ex for about six years. I was, kept breaking up with her, so I went back to my buddies. And he took me in for the day, or a few nights, and I was standing out back, and I was staring at this tree, and I had this crazy, esoteric moment where I was everything, everything was me. So it, it was a trip. It was almost like a, an acid trip or something. So I didn't know how long I was out there, but I, I felt great when I was done. And I walked back in, and I told my buddy the story he bought this house off his parents and uh i told him i was staring at that tree and was happy he said his father planted that tree 
and uh, it actually saved his life. He was like 10 or 11, he climbed to the top, and he told me he fell, and the damn thing caught him all the way down and placed him on the ground. So I don't know. One of those. So, anyway, it's not animal-based, but yeah. Well, I guess uh, still non-human. And thank you for that, Patrick. So Patrick was saved by a tree. Non-human. I guess it counts. But yeah, it's, it might have been related to Treebeard from Lord of the Rings. Put his friend gently down. Eight one four. You're on the air. Oh, Frank. First-time caller, long-time listener. Oh, wow. I love when people drop that line. How you doing tonight? Who's this? Excellent. My name's Alan. I go by AT on uh, Discord. AT. Oh, AT. I know AT. I've seen that name all yeah. over the place. Yeah. Yeah, my dog, Tug. I, I'm calling about him. You see pictures of him on, often on there. Okay, well, well, well it, so go right ahead, AT. Great to have you on. Best story I've got about Tug Oh, back in 2013 or so, we moved to the Pocono from Bayonne, New Jersey, and we got Tug within, I don't know, a week of moving out there, and uh, I think it was Christmas of 2014, it was about a week before, I was away working on a dredge offshore, building beaches, and uh, wife got woken up one morning by our dog, Tug, barking at the front door. We had these French windows that had the blinds that pull up in the middle. She got up, she pulled open the blind, looked outside, didn't see anything, put the blind down, started making tea for our daughter. Our dog didn't stop. She, she walked back over, opened up the blind. On our porch was standing this little boy, about three years old, and nothing but a t-shirt and a diaper. Now this was uh, mid-December, and uh, definitely 30-some degrees outside. If it wasn't for our dog waking up my wife and her, you know, going out to the door and finding this boy on our porch, who knows what would happened. The road we lived on in the Poconos was a straight road coming down over the mountain that everybody flew down. That boy came from a trailer about three blocks up the hill, had snuck out the trailer while his mom was sleeping on the couch ended up on our porch wow three years old and that's that's quite a trek right there and and, and nothing but a t-shirt and diapers and you so you were able to 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 return him to the mother when she was she uh grateful well, our was... wife scooped him up took him across the street to her neighbor and uh they called the cops because this is a missing boy that just showed up out of nowhere and by the time the cops showed up and cps child safety showed up uh the mother had finally woke up, reported the child missing. They actually took custody of the child for like a week, I think, before giving him back to the parents because of how that situation all played out. But, I guess. Yeah, it was pretty kind of a wild story. I can, yeah, I, you know, I can understand that at least, especially, uh, I don't know, hopefully the child's or How many years ago? That was 2014, you said? Yeah, that was 2014. Wow. Tug is now nine years old. The last, well, just here a few days ago, chased away a bear while I was out in the woods cutting cutting timber. He's kind of common, disappears for a couple hours. Usually it's chasing a bear away or something like that. But, yeah, he's pretty much a free-reign dog. I've had him down to Florida. I've had him to New York City a bunch of times. He goes pretty much anywhere with me. 
Well, that's a great, great. So thank you so much for the uh, for, for sharing that. By AT. the way, yeah, he is an Aussie uh, uh, cattle dog, a blue healer, and husky mix. Wow. Okay. So I'm. I'm I want. You said you posted a picture of that in the Discord. Yep. There's a bunch of pictures. I post pictures all the time, and he's usually in them. Wow. Well, I'll have to keep an eye out because I don't have any in mind right now. But thank you for the call, At. All right. Nice to meet you, Frank. Nice to talk to you. There you go. That is a that is a screen name from the Discord that has now materialized as a voice. That's how it works. Here's one for you. Grow where you are planted. This is three days ago. Since back in 1984, my husband and I bought our first home as newlyweds. The home was old and we began right away doing improvements, but there are many home improvements you don't think about that are far more important than new paint on the walls, as we were about to find out. Also, this year for Christmas, I adopted a Labrador Springer mix pup for my husband, his first dog ever that he named Smokey. Smokey spent his nights on our enclosed porch because that's where my husband wanted him to spend his nights, guarding the house. Smokey was quiet most nights unless an animal drifted by the backyard and he'd settle down as soon as they scattered. One night my husband and I were awoken from a deep sleep by his barking and he wouldn't stop so my husband got up to investigate. Smokey was standing at the door looking into the house barking, not at the yard. It was then that my husband caught a drift of an odd smell. Come to find out our heat exchanger on our furnace had a crack and was leaking, which could have ultimately killed us in our sleep if not for good little smoky dog being on alert. Best carbon monoxide detector on the market. That's what I'm talking about. Stories like that. You know, there's fires and then there's the silent killers. The carbon monoxide, you just... I've read about those, those situations. People who survived it were that were, you know really close to disaster where you have a little bit of a headache you start getting tired you think it's time for bed or really you're dying because you're you're huffing all of this gas in let's see here um <clears throat> this is from wagon wests and then we'll go back to the the calls again Many years ago, I was doing field work in the mountains. Each morning, I would catch a ride up to the timberline. When I was done working, I would hike back down to the base camp on the day in question. It was a particularly lovely on the top of the mountain. It was one of those rare temperatures inversions where I was in the sunshine even though the clouds had rolled in below. I had hiked further that day out of my usual range, but I was too concerned about finding my way back. Of course, the lower <clears throat> I went into the trees, the gloomier it became, and fine mist started to settle around me. I was prepared for it and donned my poncho. Eventually, I realized that I was not seeing the landmarks I expected. Just about the time I decided I was lost, this is hiking down a mountain, I guess hiking through a cloud, I heard the dogs barking in camp. I followed the sound down to the slope and up to the top of the next ridge. There I saw the cut for the power lines that led directly into camp. I was only a, uh, a little damp and a little late for supper. It was only later that I realized there was no way I could hear the camp dogs as clearly as I did from where I was. The second ridge would have muted the sound at the very best. It turns out I followed a pack of coyotes who were fortunately traveling in the right direction. Wow. And there, once again, is indirect, indirect assistance from animals 
that's coyotes. So we've we're in the dog family still, but there you have it. Eight eight two eight, you're on the air. What do you got for me? Eight two eight. Eight two eight. I was trying to reach Scott Frankly. Yes, yes. Turn off the the show, and uh, and concentrate. Oh. Yeah, there you go. We're right here. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. You got it. Um. Um. Well, I'm like 42 years old. Okay. And whenever I was in my early 30s, I had serious issues with depression and somewhat suicidal. Well, I had this little dog. Her name was Gypsy. And she was. You said her name was her, her name was Gypsy. Yes. Okay. Good name. And um, Fleetwood Mac. But anyway, <laughs> um, she was half schnauzer, and her mama was a Dachshund Feist. So she was just a little bitty dog. Hmm. But there was two separate occasions where I was really considering ending it all. And on both occasions, this little dog, she walked, she like come up beside me and sat down and she put her little paw on my leg and just looking at me. And you know, it just snapped me back into reality. And I was like, what am I doing? So, and the second time, I mean, I was serious, like sitting on the edge of the bed rocking, holding a gun, you know, and, and she does this, she sits down beside of me and she puts her little paw up on my leg and she's just looking at me with all kinds of love in her face. And, you know, it just, I thought, who's gonna take care of Gypsy? So dogs can definitely save your life. How, I how mean, ma- in how, so many ways. How, first of all, I'm very, I'm very happy that, that Gypsy was there for you both times and that we're talking right now. How many years ago was that? Um, that was, like I said, in my early 30s. And since then, I have come to Jesus, and that's probably the only thing in the world I agree with Tom Cruise on is that antidepressants can make things worse and make you suicidal. Oh, but, so that um, so that's what you you were you were um, you were on some some anti uh, antidepressants and pharmaceuticals at the time that you think that was contributing to the situation? Yes, yes. absolutely. Okay, so so now now the second yeah. time that Gypsy is there for you. This is obviously the last time, and, and, and I would have to imagine, because here we are right now, that you turned several major corners afterwards. So what was the first thing the first thing you did from that second time that you were on the bed with Gypsy and your life is going now, at least in the meantime, I mean, I mean trajectory has changed for the good for, you know, for the good. So well, what, what do you do I next? Can, I can honestly say anybody who's having a lot of issues and worrying and, you know, wanting to get depressed or not wanting to get depressed, but feeling depressed and they think it could lead further, get into your Bible, I mean, and read because Jesus, and once I really started reading the Bible and helping, you know, letting God work through me, then um, my life completely turned around as far as that goes and when did you so, when did I you mean, um it was did the bible come first and then you got rid of the, the pharmaceutical second or did you at that point start suspecting that you need to get off the drugs um well i've always been a believer but i just wasn't living the way i was supposed to be living 
So and the, okay. so then, um, I don't know exactly how to answer that. Uh, no, I was just asking it just chronology because you you were, you were talking about Tom, Tom Cruise and, uh, and and what he was talking about with the SSRIs. Yeah. So I just didn't know how 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 quickly well, after that from, second from the time I was a teenager, they had me on antidepressants because they said I had a chemical imbalance. Mm-hmm. Well, I. I don't know. I think that's something I probably could have worked through or whatever. And, you know, you don't really know. You think your doctor's telling you the right thing. And it would help for a little while, and then I would go off of them. Then I would, you know, go have to go back on them whenever I got to feeling kind of really down. I'd go back on them for a couple of months. And I was never – I'm one of those people I just don't really like taking pills, period. And so um, it, that was kind of where – that's but where I it started. On, each time I was, I got to the point where I was like suicidal, I was taking the antidepressants. Well, I got to say, it's not a, it's not a, uh, un, uh, not an uncommon, uh, uncommon right. story. And you know, we've done that, those, those, uh, themes on this show before too and i just got to say just to keep on theme here and to thank you again for your call very happy that gypsy was there for you and happy that you're calling in tonight and i hope you have a wonderful one. Oh, I, I've, i have been a long time you know watcher this is my first time calling in but i just wanted to share that because thank you she was she was an amazing little girl so and i just and thank you frank for all that you do thank you thank you and we're all thanking wow. gypsy tonight too have a wonderful evening and I hope Aurora does get a little dog. I mean, or a big dog, or any kind of dog. She needs dogs one. Are pure love. I know she needs one. Lauren and I were talking about that today. Thank you again. Uh, we talked about it today, and and she was able to hang out with a friend of ours yesterday who had her her dog, and the, it was just running. I wasn't there for it, but I got the play by play. But I was told that it was just running circles around Aurora, and it was this little tiny thing, and it was so enthusiastic about her, the baby. And running circles around her, and the baby's just squealing with delight. I wish I could have seen that. But but I can't wait to... Uh, oh, man. I hope that when we give it to her one day... First of all, finding the dog is going to be fun. And I hope that she has a... Uh, I just want to see... I hope she cries with, with delight. That's going to be great. Such a good girl. She really is. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Um, what do we got? Billy from Michigan. What's going on, Billy? Billy. Yeah, hi. Is this Frank? Yes, it is, Billy. Welcome back. Hey, thank you, sir. It's been a long time, but uh, I'm really digging on the, uh, the stuff being discussed tonight. I got a really cool story to tell you and the, the audience about uh, being a busted-up uh, uh Navy SEAL, um, the, there's a National UDT SEAL Museum located in Fort Pierce, Florida, which uh, was the uh, forefathers of the Navy SEALs when they started the combat demolition units uh, in preparation for uh, beach clearings and amphibious uh, in World War II. And uh, anyway, uh, anybody that is in Fort, near Fort Pierce, you've got to go to this museum. But uh, the point of the story is they provide trained service dogs uh, for guys like me and uh, 
a guy named Phil who's the chief canine officer and uh, in this case uh, I had to get vetted and uh, I was approved and Lord willing uh, within the next week or two he's going to deliver uh, I think the dog will be uh, 11 or 12 months old it's all black German Shepherd and um, it's going to come with its own crate, two leads, three different collars, a, a desert tan vest with all kinds of cool guy patches on it from the SEAL Museum. Uh-huh. And uh, they prefer that I go to Fort Pierce because they've got an obstacle course. Uh, they'd put me up for free. So, so Billy, uh, I Billy, mean, like, I, I, I just wanted to, to cut in for a second because I, 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 appreciate, I appreciate the call, of course, but the theme was that... We're talking about animal, animal, uh, non-human rescue stories, and it seems like you haven't met oh, the dog yet. That's correct, and they don't—they purposely do not bond with the animal. Um, it's really going to help with uh, home security and neighborhood security. And uh, I, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll call you back after we get the animal. Because um, maybe we're very excited. Who knows, Billy? Maybe the animal will save your life in the in the first week, and, and then you could call back, and you could say, "Well, listen, hey, listen, the uh, the new arrival is already showing its merit." Yeah, Roger that. Hey, love you in the audience. I'll go ahead and sign off for your next caller, uh, big fella. Well, thank you, Billy, and, and listen. At the very least, send me a send me a picture through quite frankly podcast at gmail dot com of the uh, the pooch when she sh- when he or she shows up. Yep, uh, roger that. All right, Adios, hombre. Take care. Be well. There you go. Now that I mean, an all uh, an all black German Shepherd, and it's going to come with all those amenities, and it's going to have a cup holder and all that stuff. It's going to have the new dog smell. Billy's going to love that one. Um, all right. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a we're going to take a really quick break, and when we come on back. A little bit more of your calls, and if we can, maybe uh, I have some things to read through here, and I can dip into even a little bit of this Saudi Arabia, the line mirror design. If we don't do it tonight, we could do it tomorrow, and I think that um, I think it would actually be a, a pretty potent discussion with human vibration when she comes on with me tomorrow to talk about how the color pink isn't real, and Matt will be here denying that he's a cat. Uh, there's, there's so much that's left to do on this show still this week. Now the world burns all around us, but we're having a good time, aren't we? Okay, well, with that being said, I am just going to take a really, really quick break. And yeah, I think all the videos in this next break are all animal-themed. So maybe you'll, you'll catch that now. Two thousand seventeen. Hey! 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 Hey!
All right, you're great zombie. And good times here at the Waterfront Village. Open for the next 11 days. Red, it, red, it, red it, get it. Ah! Have it a quite frankly, that TV. Click on the Reddit logo, join us, engage in discussion topics, share your favorite clips, watch your favorite clips. You don't have a Reddit, well, get signed up. For all them juicy deets, visit quitefrankly.tv. Oh! <laughs> So here we are. We had a nice uh, we had a nice grab bag tonight. Talked about a couple of issues. Just so we're not completely out of the loop, let's see what all the things that we're missing. On the beginning, on the front page of Drudge Report, we're sweating it. Now we're now we're being told how Donald Trump is he's really really nervous because the finally justice is coming his way. He's going to be indicted. He's going to be thrown in jail. And then finally, the feckless losers. Both parties who wanted to be done with anything that sniffs of something that's uncontrollable will be able to go ahead and uh, continue to play with themselves in front of everybody. Biden suddenly winning? No, that's not happening. Can't stop would-be rivals from grabbing 2024 spotlight. Harris Newsom top the list for Dems? No. Alito mocks foreign critics of abortion ruling, as he should, to hell with them all. Schumer Mansion quietly resurrect deal Washington left for dead. I wonder what that's all about, but I don't care. Pelosi husband sells off chip maker stock ahead, chip maker stock ahead of semiconductor vote. Really? Hmm. Oppenheimer. First teaser trailer for Christopher Nolan's latest blockbuster. What do you know? What is this? Oppenheimer. Universal has debuted the first official teaser trailer for Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan's latest epic starting Cillian Murphy. I like this guy, actually. I hope I don't ever see an interview of his or listen to his politics because it'll ruin the good work that I think he's done so far. Brief trailer shows black and white footage of Cillian Murphy as J. Robert Oppenheimer interwoven with large blasts of fire at the start of the teaser. Emily, Emily Blunt, who plays Oppenheimer's wife, Catherine, can be heard saying, the world is changing, reforming, this is your moment. Oppenheimer is based on the Pulitzer Prize winning book, American Prometheus, The Triumph and Tragedy of J. Robert Oppenheimer by Kai Bird and the late Martin J. Sherwin. So, um, Cillian Murphy's playing Oppenheimer, Robert Oppenheimer, the theoretical physicist whose work on the Manhattan Project led to the creation of the atomic bomb. We've played 
we've played some of the more well-known quotes and recorded thoughts of Robert Oppenheimer about what he was thinking when when the uh, the bomb was being tested at White Sands and never and whatever. Which we just passed that um, we passed that anniversary not too long ago. I should have put the Twin Peaks season three testing of the atom bomb scene up on quite frankly TV, but I forgot all about it. Darn. All right. Well, back to our topic du jour, and that is people being saved by non-humans, by dogs. Belexa7 says, I was getting ready for work one morning, and I threw my clothes in the dryer to fluff them up. Everybody needs a good fluff from time to time. I went to my makeup. I went to put my makeup on and turn my music up loud as I usually do to pump myself up for the day. Earlier in the week, I had noticed a plastic smell coming from the dryer. Uh Uh-oh. And my dog had even barked at it in a weird primal way for a few days. But I put it in the back of my mind, and I definitely wasn't thinking of it on this morning. After about 10 minutes, my great, uh, my, my great uh, peonies came bolting around the, the corner of my bedroom and started pulling on my robe. I thought he was just wanted to play. He proceeded to bark at the door and pull on me. Then he jumped on my lap so I couldn't get the makeup table get to the makeup table and started to try to nip and pull on me from the front. That's when I smelled the smoke. I rushed into the laundry room to find flames licking the walls, my hanging clothes already half burned. I was paralyzed. He kept nudging me out of the back door and bit at my ankle to get me to move. I yelled for a neighbor who did put the fire out with his extinguisher. He if he had not come he had not come to warn me. Had he not come to warn me, I would have lost my house and possibly my life. A lot of that going on right now. Okay, let's see here. Uh, Miyushu, you have an animal rescue story? Go right ahead. And away they go. Thomas the nipple guy. What's going on, Thomas? Thomas? I guess he's thinking... Thinking, thinking about nipples. Couldn't, couldn't hear me. He's just too focused. Uh, let's see here. That one's way, way too long. So here we go. Several years ago, my husband and I, this is from Exact Leave, 8933, owned a cabin deep in the mountains in Gatlinburg. We were there for a visit one time, and Polly, my little 11-pound Shih Tzu Terrier, or as we like to call her, Shih Tzu Terror, got loose. I ran down the hill to try to catch her as she runs very quickly, and I was sure she'd get lost and never come back. My husband jumped uh, in the truck and drove down to be of assistance. When I almost reached the bottom of the hill, I heard one of my neighbors yell, Bear! And a huge black bear crossed the street in my path. Immediately, Polly jumped to the rescue. She ran after the 300-pound, most likely, bear barking hysterically my husband had the truck stopped and tried to get me into it but i wouldn't leave my dog the bear saw her and ran up a tree i realized that i had a bag of m&ms in my pocket and shook them at polly trying to coax her to come to me i forgot that bears love m&ms and the bear came down the tree and was heading in my direction what i don't know bears love m&ms I 
I forgot that bears love M&Ms. Uh, Polly jumped into action again. The bear ran up the second tree. Polly finally came close enough, got close enough to me that I can grab her, and we jumped into the truck to safety. I guess in the end, we saved each other. This reminds me of something that I saw the other night. I was driving back home from picking up some dinner. It was after a show. I told Lauren about it when I got home. I said, Lauren, I just saw something very weird. And I was a few blocks away from home, and I, it was, it was, nobody was really on the, on the, uh, the road. And I came up on this intersection. It was just a flashing red light, so I was really just looking around, and I stopped because I saw this thing crossing the street barking hysterically, just like this one over here. It was a little, uh, what is it, the Dotsons? Dotsons, those little uh, wiener dogs. But it was running. I could not, ama it was amazing how fast this thing was running, barking. But it wasn't running at anything. It was just running and barking and being crazy and just running away from someone. And then I saw this little guy. I don't know. He, I don't know. I, I couldn't describe. He was a little bit, he was like short rounded shoulders and he had another dog on a leash and he's just looking at this other dog run away and he's kind of frozen like what do I do now so obviously he was walking both dogs and this one just bolted into the night and it was gone I saw it run through the intersection if there were cars there it would have been killed the first question I the first thing I thought to myself was by the end of the night that thing's going to be dead maybe it isn't but it just ran through the intersection and then up the street. If I were to make a left, I could have followed it. But up the street, I'm looking at it going up. I said, what the hell just happened? So I just, I'm going through the intersection slowly because I don't know if there's another dog or anything. I don't want to hit an animal. And that's when I was able to assess this guy with the other dog on, on the leash. And I said, oh, he just lost that thing. He just lost that thing because he was, he was frozen like, what do I do? Obviously, you're not running after it. It's over. <laughs> I just hope it was his dog and he wasn't walking it for somebody else. Can't imagine having to go home and saying, yeah, okay, listen. I was down at the intersection and Muffy's gone. What do you mean? She just ran away. It's, she got, I don't know. Complete, complete failure on this guy's part. So... I hope Muffy's fine. You know? One more time, Thomas the Nip Guy. What's going on? Hey, I am Thomas the Nip Guy. Yeah. And I am hanging out with my buddy, my cousin, my savior, my shield, the gentleman who turned me on to you. And what's, so, his, what's his name? His name is uh, Dwayne. Dwayne and his last name is uh. You don't need to give me his last Thompson. name. We 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 can do a, a we we share a similar uh, last name, a surname. Okay, well Thomas. Uh, but he, but he is a proud, uh, quite frankly, Frank Furter, frankly, whatever. Well, good. You know, you know, when I was in when I was <laughs> in uh, pre-K. When I was in pre-K, pre-K four, my father came to the school for my birthday, and as part of my birthday present, he came, of course, you know, to 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 help celebrate. I he 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 was allowed to coordinate uh, choreograph a dance with all my classmates at the time. It was called the Frankfurter. 
So that we everybody got to say, everybody got to dance to Frankfurter for my fourth birthday in uh, in pre K, and everybody got cupcakes afterwards. Okay, so Thomas, we have to keep this. And he was fully aware of what your name is. I would hope so. so. It, it I, was a little bit of cheese. Yes. For him to do so. Yes, I hope that my father would knew what my name is. But Thomas, now that you're on, really quick, let's get to your. Uh, your non-human rescue story as concisely as possible because we're running out of time now. Uh, it, it is non-human. I had, I, I lined up with, we had a couple of wolves that lived with us through the Okay, Thomas, I can't, you, you're, you're very muffled. Or just get a little bit farther I, away from the, Yeah. So, so we had a couple of wolves that lived with us through a wildlife rescue Type of situation, and it was very quickly established who was Mama, who was Papa, who was Cubs. You and said you said you had wolves. This is wolves. Yes, it okay. was wolves. Okay, because you're mumbling. Seventy-six percent timber wolves. Okay. On, on the far side of wolves. However, uh, you want to tell you in like. Okay, yes, these creatures. Halfway saved my life. All right, Thomas. I'm 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 sorry. I'm sorry. We're, 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 I'm sorry, Thomas. We're having we're having some audio. I don't know. I don't. It's definitely the audio. I don't know if he's a little drunk too, but that was we. That's going to take a long, long time. So I'm sorry, Thomas. Call in again. We'll do it again. Uh, let's do Mishu. Mishu, give me your your animal rescue story real quick. You there? Yes. Go right ahead. Oh my God. I don't know what's up with Discord, but anyways, okay, so my half-brother is about seven years older than me, and he grew up with his mom and his sister, not my mom, and he was outside playing, and there was a um, one of those old-fashioned Coleman coolers that when the lid goes down, there's that silver latch that kind of flips over. Mm-hmm. So he was, his sister was inside, he got into the cooler, and the lid came down, and the latch latched. Oh. He had a little dog, I don't remember the dog's name, but it was probably like a terrier type dog. And this dog jumped up, kept repeatedly jumping up to get in the window, to, to, to get his sister's attention, and... And he finally did get her attention, and she went outside, and somehow she figured out th- what was going on, and she unlatched the cooler, opened it up, and he was inside, and he was, like, green at that point. Gee, I was going to say, you, that is, you don't have that much breathing air, uh, room. There's, there's, right, and there's, this... Wow. And this was back in the early 60s, so this was, like, there was a period of time back then when there's there was a huge, you know thing going on about you know kids getting in you know refrigerators and yeah you know things yeah. like that so in, in fact over here I'm, I'm sure that there's there's stories like that all over the place just because kids are kids and uh all these technologies were very clunky and they were not made for I don't, you know they weren't very smart when it comes to the the inclinations of younger more vulnerable members of our society here in our families but around here for as long as I remember, if you're putting a old uh, a refrigerator or an ice box or anything like that for pickup for trash, you cannot have the doors attached because for right. those for those same reasons that 
just anything. Even when it gets to the junkyard, somebody might want to go in there and, 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 and fool around and jump in there, and then all of a sudden they're trapped and they die. So you can't have those, those things attached around here anymore. Right. Yeah, so it's the... But I was just thinking about that, and uh, even though, you know, I wasn't present at that point, in his life uh, that was just an amazing story well that is an amazing story and it's definitely worthy of being passed down because wow i mean that is you're talking about a race against time this little how old was he again he was probably like five or six you know he was small enough to fit inside one of those coolers yeah five or five or six you're already in a small cooler you have very limited oxygen in there so that is a race against time good for that little pooch thank you for the call i know know. and by yeah. the way, just FYI, when you had the, um, I don't know, it was the, you know, six degrees of separation of somebody famous, his mother's uncle was Clyde Barrow. Oh, wow. And she said, she was a character, he, he would come over, I know this is off topic, he would come over to their house when she was growing up, and he was the nicest guy, and he'd bring them food, so, you know. Is that, anyway. that that wasn't like when he was on the run though? That was before his uh, right. His, that was before his big production. Probably, but still, the fact that that was like a character witness to who he was. Oh yeah, makes me wonder if there was any sort of uh, research done on this man. If perhaps that the whole shoot up with him and and Bonnie was kind of deep state, you know, kind of kill him off kind of a thing for some reason. Who and, knows? And a, 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 a generation, a, a pre-generation one MK Ultra situation? Or, you know, whatever, something like that. Yeah, when we would have had no clue that that was even ex- in existence at that time. Who well, knows? Well, the connection is very interesting either way, Miyushu. Thank you for the call. Well, thanks for taking the call. I'm glad Discord decided to work with me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a great medium, and I hope more people do it because it's it's the only way that I'm able to categorize callers and to to be able to to do some kind of screening. So, yeah, that's uh, that's why I I have grown to like the Discord a lot. I really have, uh, especially on a specialized nights like tonight. Okay, so we're coming up on the end here. I'll just save the Saudi Arabia thing for tomorrow. And, and who knows what else, but let's take a call. Oh, here's, here's a guy that we can end with Zoso dude. You're the last one for the night before we get to super chats and end. So what's on your mind, my friend? Uh, I've got a uh, dog rescue story that is just can't be beaten. I wish I had the picture to send you to back it up. Okay. I had this, had a great dog, picked him up, a tiny puppy, picked him up coming out of a poker game one late one night with my buddies. Had him for seven years, Frank. We moved into a uh, place, my brother, my bass player, and I, and uh, as soon as the 4th of July celebrations went off, my dog, I just went crazy, jumped the fence, and I looked for three months. There was three different dog pounds. I drove to every single one, every week. They were all over the San Fernando Valley. After three months, I, I gave up, and I'm just like, I, I can't believe it. I know heartbroken a year later i pulled into a liquor store and as i get out of my car i look and there's a dog in the front seat of this car and i just kind of looked at it that kind of looks like kind of looks like i I walk into the store the dog starts barking i turn around i look it's my freaking dog i go into the i go into the liquor store and 
Who owns this dog out here? Some thrasher biker chick. Oh, wow, man. You know, he just, like, showed up one day, you know. He's having a good time with, you know, my lady dog. And, you know, my old man's in jail. Maybe you can bring him by sometime. I'm just like, lady, you stole my dog for the last year. I was so happy to get him back. My the gosh. The unhuman part was that woman. My God. So, so the, your dog took off. And he started shacking up with a lady dog, and just, that's it. That's how, so he was the tramp. Yeah. Kind of, you know, he like, was the tramp from what I was talking about before. Are, dogs are like their owners, man. What can I, I do? <laughs> <laughs> so I just can't believe, so you had given up. I, you know one thing, Zoso, I, I, I guess the, uh, the one thing I would say about a dog running away like that and searching for months and months and keeping in in, uh, in touch with all the pounds and nothing coming up and nothing at all. The one thing you could at least, I guess, comfort yourself with is he's off in the world doing his own thing and he's alive and well somewhere and you don't have to, you don't have to, you know, you didn't find him, you know, run, run over in a street or killed by a predator. But then to... To have put that all behind you and show up at a Seven Eleven or something one time, and he's just chilling in a in a in, a, in somebody else's truck. Oh my gosh, that is crazy. It was great. It was great. We were reunited at last. Oh, so you took uh, him that? You took him back that night? Oh hell yes! I, I'm taking my freaking dog back. <laughs> That's true. Oh yeah. Now, okay, yeah, so yeah. wait, 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 wait. Before you go, then, because now this dog has has been getting some poontang. From oh, yeah. another dog, he's found a new home. He's getting fed. He's getting ass. So what? What? What did he think? What did he think when all of a sudden you show up again and you pull him out from this new life he's created for himself? Well, I mean, he was. I mean, the minute he saw me, he was jumping all over me, looking my face. Oh, okay. So there was no doubt oh. in the world that this was my dog. Oh, you know, and the lady clearly saw this. She couldn't help but say. Yeah, I guess, you know, maybe he ought to go back with you. I, was, I, was, <laughs> I guess. Oh, I could have killed her. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love that. You, that, that. That's a great... I, I'm glad that we ended with this one, Zoe. Thank you so much for the call. Love the show, man. Talk uh, to you soon. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Zoe, are you, are you uh, streaming? What's your streaming schedule for the rest of the week? Uh, Friday night. Saturday, I have a uh, four-hour rock show on Build Foxhole. And uh, Sunday night, I have a behind-the-mic show. So, yeah, busy well, weekend coming up. I, ho- I hope that you're still in touch with Abe because I, w- I would love to mirror some of your stuff on, quite frankly, TV. And I haven't heard anything lately, so I don't know what, what's in the works or not. But I hope you guys stay in touch and get something going, especially that rock show. That sounds great for Saturday night. Oh, man. I'll, uh, I'll be, I stay in touch with Abe. You'll be hearing from me. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Be well. Take care, dude. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. Well, I'm going to go into the Super Chats now. I There's there's a few more really awesome, really awesome uh, submissions in that thread. I implore you all to go visit the thread, to add your own, to comment on other people's, to keep a conversation going. That's why these things are going, uh, are, are, are there, and hopefully they stay there in perpetuity. But, um, you know, the threads are only exist as long as the subreddit does. And Reddit is a nutty platform, so don't post anything crazy, too fringe. You know, I I consider most anything, but considering where we are there, just let's try to keep the the subreddit uh, a little bit more functional. 
for the long term and not see what we can do to get it taken off because there's so many wonderful threads so many th- from all the shows that we have done based on those threads from the last few years I would love to keep them all there archived under the Frank's Posts uh, tag that would be great so we'll see what the future brings anyway into quite frankly superchat.com stickman mike says good show tonight frank here's a small donation to help secure a christmas puppy for the girls merry christmas in july oh listen guys don't worry about us as far as a puppy fund or anything like that that's not what's holding us back not withholding us back we would we would dutifully save and budget and get ourselves the dog of our dreams, the perfect dog for our family. It's the space we have and the fact that we are occupying that space with a little gray cat named Lila. So there is, that is, that's the holdup. So don't worry about the, the puppy funds and all that stuff. It's more so, uh, you can send us a house, you want to start a house fund for 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 Frank and Lauren and Aurora, that would be great. So we're it's a little tight quarters right now, but we're very cozy. Very we love we're, we love life right now, but it's uh it's not roomy enough for a dog, unfortunately. Okay, Stostube says Frank, great Thursday. Did you happen to know that Montauk is never dull? Be well, brother. Yes, I know. This is the the shirt that that Stostube sent me and Rob. So it just came out of the, the, the wash the other day. It's the first time I'm wearing it, actually. And here is another rescue. You see that gigantic great white shark? That great white, sh- uh, great white shark is, uh, is trying to repair the lighthouse there in Montauk. See, the, the lighthouse was falling apart, and the great white shot up out of the water and grabbed it before it fell, and now it's trying to piece it back together. There's another animal rescue. And... Um, And that's all we have there. On to Rockfin. We have another from Fishhead, Montana. It's a 2004 camping right next to a river on a sandbar. I woke up next to my dog, Indy, flipping out. And I opened the tent. The water was right at the door, rising rapidly. The sandbar was flooded minutes later before I could even break camp. A year earlier, I saved him from a freezing river as a pup. I miss Indy to pieces. Well, thank you for sharing him with us, Fishhead. Thank you. And on to Rumble. Brian Frank says, thanks for the entertainment. You never have to thank me. It's my pleasure. Live for your die, 1776 says, hey, Frank, consider getting Beeble, Beeble, a Beeble dog. What is a Beeble for Aurora? A Beeble dog? For Aurora, they are a combo of English Bulldog and Beagle. Beeble. Oh, so it has to be a Beeble. Beeble. Okay, English Bulldog and a Beagle. Don't get much more than 35 pounds. So good good, good to travel with and are very cute and funny. Watch television with you, etc., etc. Yeah, but will they rip somebody's hand off if they try to touch my daughter? And, uh, like, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm looking in the opposite direction or something. That's what I care about. I also want a little bit of a, you know, an action kind of a dog. Someone who's always going to be backup. And over on Foxhole, 
A. Murillo, oh, wait, wait, A. Murflo says, hi, Frank, it's pronounced Imerflo, Imerflo, great show tonight, thanks for being you, thank you, Imer, thank you so much, and I can't wait for tomorrow night. E.O. says, thank you for sharing my sweet Abby story, we had to put her down a few weeks ago, good girl, Abby, oh, just a few weeks. I remember that was a, that was a post that she left me about Abby from seven months ago, and just a few weeks. Well, she served well. She served well, and I'm happy that we got to know her. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have uh, we have reached the end of our journey tonight, and tomorrow another one commences at 7 p.m. Eastern time. I thank you all for the time that you spent with me here, and I will. Uh, I'll meet up with you again soon. I will. So, with this being said, email the show at quite frankly podcast at gmail.com if you have anything you want to add, any feedback, any, uh, any questions. And please become a sponsor, a monthly sponsor, even if it's just $1 a month. That means a quarter, a quarter dollar a week, $12 a year. You can do that through Subscribestar. You can do that through the... the uh, the sponsor us tab on quite frankly.tv directly through the Squarespace there. Think about it. If only 1% of this audience were to put $1 down a month, we are looking at a massive expansion of operations on a network level and so many other things. I, I want to get into publishing and I want to, I'm uh, bringing on a booking person for September, as you all know. So there's going to be an influx of new types of guests and I'm giving him high value guest targets. So the fall, the winter, the new year, I'm looking, uh, I'm looking bright. We're all looking bright. All right? Thank you guys and gals for the company and for all the contributions. I'll see you tomorrow at 7. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience, and now our super chatters, starting with Stickman Mike, Stostube, Silky Johnson, and New York State of Mine, Crystal Shop. Go check them out. Mine spelled M-Y-N-E. That's it. And thank you again for Tony. Quite frankly, dot gold. See you all soon. Ah. Uh.